describe Michigan basketball despite the victory against Indiana. Describe North Dakota hockey on Friday nights. North Dakota basketball. The Detroit Pistons. Ryan Tannehill in clutch situations. The NFL's overtime rules. The Green Bay Packers. What makes you such a big college volleyball fan? Jackson Mahomes TikToks. My entire explore page on Instagram. This podcast. My chances of success as a result of the events that have taken place on this podcast. The quality men look for first in a woman. Personality. Who'd I get with that? Be honest. Be honest. Who'd I get with that last one? I got somebody. I know why at least one of you. At least one of you is caught off guard by that. I know it. There's no way. I'm too I'm too smart. I'm too keen. I'm too observant for that to have not have fooled somebody. Somebody was expecting ass, 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 and they just didn't get it. They didn't get it. They got something completely different, something much more valuable and wholesome. But uh yeah, that Listen, those are just the the basic summary of my weekend, essentially, in in sport and music form. That is pretty much how my sports weekend went. But overall, in terms of the song, I actually had a great weekend in terms of sports. I think sports overall had a fantastic weekend, and it would be against my commitment to myself and to the loyal listeners of this show to void you of sports talk based on the events that occurred this past weekend. And there were many events. There were many events that were worth talking about. Possibly the best weekend of professional football I have ever witnessed, postseason professional football. I mean, what what is there? Where do you even start with that. There are so many different places to go with the, with what happened. There's my collegiate hockey team just completely crumbling, completely crumbling in a town that is terrible. Kalamazoo is an awful place against a university that it's Western Michigan. We lost, we got swept by Western, bro. Really? Is that is that where we've fallen? I get it. Western's a good collegiate hockey team. Is this is this where we've gone to the point where we're not even looking competitive? Completely outclassed and outmatched against Western Michigan University? Are you kidding me? Where I grew up, Western Michigan University? No, man, you don't get swept by them. They're the dust in the corner that nobody pays attention to. We just got swept by them. So that that was not that was not the way I wanted that to go. Oh, by the way. Lawson Ice Arena? What a dump. Seriously, what a dump. That place was fit. They were talking, oh, the announcers were all deep in their feelings. Oh, this place is sold out. What an electric arena and Lawson Ice Arena. Really? Really? Because for sold out, I think you just mean the student section. Because what else are they going to do on a Friday night in Kalamazoo? Go get shot? That's about it. That's about all you can do. So I... 
Oh man, what a terrible, what a terrible ice arena. It's just, it's just terrible. It's just brown and dark and gloomy. It's. I mean, I expected, I expected the great Lawson Lunatics to have at least a presentable bar. Like, like Cornell has a beautiful arena. We got swept by Cornell. We got our business handed to us by Cornell. But I wasn't looking at that like, oh wow. This is embarrassing. Like the way we lost to Western was embarrassing. That was embarrassing at their home place. Actually, we we did we we no we lost at home to Cornell. But anyway, it, it, never mind, never mind, never mind. But you get what I'm saying, right? Western Michigan, we go into their place and we just get swept ruthlessly. Not in it, not even close. Even in the even in. The Saturday game, when it was one nothing the entire time, and the only time they scored was on a shorthanded goal. Nothing. We did nothing against Western Michigan, and I'm not used to that, because I'm used to Western Michigan being a doormat where I come from, and that, that's just, mm-mm-mm. When I see, when I see that W, we used to be a Bronco, and then they downgraded. What is it about NCHC teams downgrading their logos, by the way? We went from the logo we don't mention here anymore to the Hawk, and they went from the dope Bronco to this weird block W. They got multi-million, $100 million in grants over the summer. And what's the first thing they do? They change their logo to a block W. <laughs> really? That's what you do? It's, ah, oh man, I can't believe, I can't believe we got swept by them the way we got swept. That's terrible. And part of it's on me because I'm, I'm still not used to the college hockey forum and I get it that it's the NCHC and anybody could be anybody except for Miami, Ohio against St. Cloud State, apparently. How about that? Combined 19 to nothing or nine, what was it? 19 to one or 19 to nothing over the two games. How does that happen? What in the world was that business? There's no chance that that can happen. I don't care how good the other team is and how terrible you are. I don't care if that's the JV high school, whatever high school is in Miami, Ohio, playing against the top squad of, of St. Cloud State. You don't lose 11 to nothing in a hockey game. That does not happen. <laughs> and we, just, we go out and we lose to Western. The way that we lost... It's it's unbelievable to me. I'm not used to that. And I need I need to just I needed to have a um, well like a heart to heart with myself where I'm in a different ball game now. I'm in a different league. I am in a different world. This isn't Michigan State, Western Michigan, and football and basketball. This isn't Michigan trouncing the MAC every you know once when they get the MAC school and we get the MAC school. This isn't just stepping on the floor, the ice, or the court, or whatever the field against Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan or Central and just getting an easy walkover victory. Like, I'm, I'm realizing that I have to take Western Michigan University seriously now, and it's just starting to kind of mess with my head. I'll be completely honest about it. It's really it's really starting to mess with my head. And oh, by the way, what, ba what band of people not only crams together in that coffin of an ice arena, not only do they do that, but they have the audacity to name themselves, name themselves the Lawson Lunatics? Really? Is that what you want? They have jerseys and shirts that say Lawson Lunatics. Really? Because that sounds like a prison gang, not a hockey student section. That's not, that's not right. That's so weird. I, I, don't, I don't mind the naming of a student section. Right, get what I'm going to say here. Right, follow me close. When a student section has a name, that's okay. The izone, that's fine because the izone is the student section, not the actual students. Right, you see the students, and it's not like it's not like oh, there's an izone sitting there. That's a member of the izone. So before you're like oh, well, Michigan State, they have the izone or the woodshed. That's completely different completely different. Each person in the student section is a Lawson lunatic at Western Michigan and Lawson Ice Arena. At Michigan State, it's a member of the Izone. That's fine. Now, if it was if it was like the Lawsonites or something or something weird, right? Like I I don't even know. I whatever they are. The fighting the fighting Broncos student section. That's a member of the fighting Broncos student section. That's fine. I get it. There's one program. There's one program that has the history the excellence and just the right to have their student section continue to be named and each individual member of the student section to be named. And that's the Cameron crazies.
The Cavan Crazies are a unique breed of college basketball fan, and they've earned their right to be called that. They have experienced numerous, numerous amounts of success, huge amounts of success over the years. They are iconic. They are well-known. They are the Cameron Crazies. You think college basketball fan, and chances are a Cameron Crazy comes to mind. And I hate Duke. So I, I have, you know it's legitimate because I do not like Duke. But I understand and I respect the hustle of those college basketball fans and what they do to support their team. They are the Cameron Crazies. And that is basically the only time that I will accept any individual member of any student section of any collegiate sport to have a name, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at Western Michigan's hockey student section and be like, oh, look, whoa, that's crazy. That's a Lawson lunatic. Don't mess with that guy. Really? That's not, <laughs> that's a Lawson lunatic. Oh, really? What is he gonna do? Stab me? Like, seriously, should he have prison garb on? Like, it's crazy. I can't, I can't believe it. I like that they take their stuff seriously and they have dedicated fans. But every time I have to listen to these announcers say, look at the Lawson lunatics. They're going crazy tonight. Like, really? Are they, are they, are they serial killers? Like, what makes them lunatics? Oh, they're fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's called a fanatic, not a lunatic, but alliteration. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. It's alliteration because it's funny because they sound the same and they both start with L. How creative. It probably took half of their English department to come up with that. What a tough weekend in North Dakota hockey, really, boys? My goodness gracious. Now, you want to know what our reward is, boys? We get St. Cloud coming into town. <laughs> we get St. Cloud. 19 to nothing against Miami this weekend, total in two games. 19. And that's what we get. That's what we get coming into, into town this weekend. And I'll be out. I'll be out in front of the route for three hours before they let us in freezing every single part of my body just to get in up at the glass and just watch <laughs> and just watch there's nothing i'll be able to do that's all college hockey i want to do though i mean seriously this is this was football this weekend was all football it had to be football this is what this show had to be today it has to be football but i wanted to get that college hockey out of there real fast because i think it's important for me to talk about given where i go to university i mean also it's really start we're starting to enter a Big red flag zone here. Big hazard zone. Uh-oh. Start to put up the construction barrels. Stuff needs to start getting fixed ASAP because they do not look good. They look discombobulated, not focused. There's a lot of miscommunication. Yes, there are injuries. I get it. COVID's, COVID went around. They're recovering. I get it. But things need to be fixed ASAP because they went from Penrose contender to Penrose pretender real fast. And they have a big problem and they need to fix it if they're even going to try and contend. Because they looked outclassed by Western Michigan. They split Denver. They split Duluth. And St. Cloud looks unbeatable. They got a big problem here. Oh, yeah. Miami, Ohio is a big threat too. Just kidding. But, yeah. Oh, last thing about college hockey. What is that, Colhorn? Seriously, in Lawson. What is that? That's worse than Montreal's. That's worse than Ottawa's. It's just this high-pitched whine. It's not like my friend's car horn on his Chevy. Like, it's the exact same. It was this high-pitched whine horn, and he would beep at me leaving school, and I'd be like, bro, what are you doing? That sounds like you're, it's like you're squeezing a little air horn on a bike. That's what it sounds like in Lawson. I, mean, I hear all these, the announcers in the crowd, like, oh, Lawson Arena is about to, about to blow up with the noise. It's crazy. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder what this goal horn is going to be. This, this well-known, historically admired ice arena known as Lawson Ice Arena. I wonder what the goal horn sounds like. I bet it's a classic. And it goes, and I'm like, what? Really? I waited, I waited for this. This is what I get. Just this weird, off-brand, target clearance aisle goal horn. Seriously, do better, Western. Do better. You're called Western in the 80s for a reason. It's because you're gold. It's because you're gold horn. Yeah, anyways, that's short and sweet. That's what this is. We're making this short and sweet. Want to know why? Because I don't have time. Because I'm busy and I have things to do and, I, and I'm on a schedule. But we're going to make this work because I have to make this work because this is what I like to do. And when I have some free time in my busy collegiate life, I like to sit down and rant in front of a mic. So that's what I'm going to do, okay? NFL football, huge weekend. Honestly, probably the best, best weekend of playoff football, maybe playoff sports that I've ever experienced. Honestly, I really think that it was. 
there's been there's been March Madness stuff. There's been other football stuff. There's been hockey. There's been a lot. We've I've seen a lot, watched a lot, listened to a lot. It's it's really non basketball wise. I think this is the best playoff anything any sport that I've ever experienced. This past weekend was crazy. The way you know the way the games go down. Three of the four decided by a last second field. I mean, four four of them really decided by a last second field goal, right? Because three of them won it. The fourth one sent the game to overtime, and then the coin toss, right? So there was, you know, there was a lot of good football played, a lot of bad football played too. But it was all thrilling. It was all nail biting. It was all edge of your seat. Every game came down to the wire, to the last second, to the last play. It was unreal. So this is this has got to be just in my basic memory. This has to be. Probably the best, best really weekend of pro football that I remember for a long time in pro sports playoff wise. There's no, there's no comparison. I thought wild card weekend was great. I really did, despite my beefs and my, you know, bad picks and my narratives that didn't go the way I wanted, which did not get any help this past weekend. But you know, there was you can't objectively look at this and say that it wasn't the best playoff football that we've experienced over the last five years, 10 years, ever, who knows? I mean, this was, this was right there with almost every final four in my memory. This is right there with the, the Villanova championship game again. Right. So this is like, this is all right there. And this is, this is why we do it. This is why people like me want to do what we do so that we can cover this stuff and we can talk about it and we can write about it like I do and like what I want to do. So this is this is great. This is why this is why we do it, guys. This is this is it. And I talked about it with Wild Card Weekend and I'll talk about it again. This is this is the weekend. This is the stretch that all people like me look forward to every year. This January through March. This is it. This is go time because this is NFL playoffs. This is college basketball season starting to heat up. Conference play in full swing, except for my team because my team's garbage. But all the other teams that I like to follow and I'm close to and have a big market for college basketball followings, all right, this is it. And then we get into March and then the tournament comes. Like this is this is big moments for people like me and then younger people like me that want to get in to what we want to get into. So this is this is where we have to be at our best. And if and if I don't get behind here and do my best then what am I doing why am I even trying why do I want to get into this so yeah was it funny at the start I hope it was that was kind of the goal light-hearted approach to the show light-hearted open right but what you know this is this is supposed to be me at the top of my game it's supposed to be everyone at the top of their game once they get in once we get into big playoff moments like this once we get into the height of the the sports season so I mean I want to I'm gonna have fun with this but I'm also gonna take a look at this and really evaluate myself and what I do and what I want to do with this. So with all that out of the way, what happened? Seriously, what happened this weekend? Bengals, Titans, game-winning field goal, Tannehill interception, and then the the fifth-round kicker, rookie kicker, sends Cincinnati to the AFC Championship, and Joey Schmoney gets another playoff W. Joey Schmoney and Matt Stafford have the same amount of playoff wins. That's crazy to me. That is unreal to me, right? And then, <laughs> in my favorite game of the weekend, personally, we're not going to do another power ranking because there, there are only four games, and it's easy enough to just go individually, right? So, <laughs> San Francisco... The game-winning field goal against Green Bay. Unbelievable. How does that happen? Special teams an issue all year for the Packers. Shout out Tom Grossi. Special teams an issue all season for these guys. And what bites them in the rear when it's over? What bites them in the ass, 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 ass when it's all over? The special teams unbelievable that's that's literally all i did i am recollecting what i did as i watched everything unfold the block punt green bay giving the ball right back to san francisco san francisco getting the field goal to unbelievable that's all i did i looked with this massive grin on my face and i just went unbelievable 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 
unbelievable. I thought it was a dream. I thought it was a false reality that I created myself to lift the Lions to NFC North champions next season. Because the one thing that went right for me this weekend, the one football thing that went right for me this weekend was Green Bay losing. Because now Aaron Rodgers gets to say goodbye and the Lions get to say hello to the NFC North crown. Because Minnesota and Chicago just took dynamite to their franchises. And Aaron Rodgers is about, or Green Bay is about to lose the best thing that they ever had. Ever. Better than LaFleur right now. We'll find out. That'll be evaluated next season based on how they do. But we'll really see. This will be kind of the Brady-Belichick scenario. Who was the magician? Was it was it Brady or was it Belichick? Who was the magician? Was it Rodgers or was it LaFleur? We'll see because there's no way he comes back after not making it to the NFC Championship. There's no chance because, really, Rodgers didn't do anything wrong. Rodgers played a great game. He played a fine game. See, did the offense not score points? Yes, but how much of this game are you going to pinpoint on Aaron Rodgers? How much of it are you going to pinpoint on the weather? How much of it are you going to pinpoint on the game management? What could Aaron Rodgers himself have done to win them that game? Nothing. There was nothing that Aaron Rodgers could have morphed. There is nothing that Aaron Rodgers could have single-handedly taken and done to win this game. Yes, he's a leader, so he takes responsibility. But this game is not Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers wants to go to a place where he can win. And my problem is now... Is I, I mean, I've realized we all, oh, Denver this, Denver that, Denver this, Denver that. And I'm like, wow, now it really starts to make sense. It really does. I didn't think, I didn't think it would manifest itself perfectly the way that it has. But here we are. Here we are ready for the grand departure of Aaron Rodgers. And it's crazy. And so then, and then, then we had, and we had Buccaneers. We had the Buccaneers against the Rams, which started off terrible, ended fantastically. What an unbelievable, 27-3, halfway through the third quarter, and I'm like, hmm, this looks really familiar. I feel like I've seen this somewhere. I can't exactly pinpoint where I remember it from, but I know I've seen this story before. But I, I, like I said, I just couldn't pinpoint where I remembered it, but it just, it all seemed super familiar. And so, you know, Brady's down a lot, and I'm mad because Stafford's playing a perfect game. He continued to play a perfect game, which is terrible for me and my city. And then they brought back. They they just came right back. A myriad of mistakes by L.A. Unbelievable turnovers. Unbelievable series of unfortunate events to plague L.A. and just magically go in Tom Brady's favor. I'm like, yes, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I need. I ask one thing out of Tom Brady, and I get it. I receive it. The magic just needs to flow through. The dark magic needs to flow through Tom Brady one more time, and it did, and it did, and they were so close. I was so close to watching Matthew Stafford dethrone, and it didn't happen. Matthew Stafford remains the victim. He remains the victim of Detroit's football malpractice. He remains the victim of Detroit's failures and everything that Detroit did to go at Matt Stafford and actively try to ruin his career. Detroit remains the problem, and Stafford's late drive there, that 40-second drive and the deep throw, the beautiful ball to Cooper Cup, the Stafford ice in his veins, that's it. That's it. Like I said last week, there will be no discussion if Stafford wins the game and if he plays a perfect game. There will be no discussion. And that's it. And that's exactly what happened. They're done. They're toast. The Lions are toast now in terms of the Matthew Stafford argument. Who was the problem? Was it Stafford? Was it Detroit? Was it both? The arguments have been silenced. Stafford is the king. Stafford is the player. Stafford is the guy. He is the man. It wasn't Detroit. It wasn't or wasn't Stafford. It was Detroit. It was all Detroit. Detroit ruined him. Detroit wasn't good for him. He should have left Detroit and gotten out of there because there's nothing he could have done to succeed in Detroit. And that's been proven because he's in L.A. now. And all it took was a change of scenery and Cooper Cup. And now he's won the division for the first time ever. And he's won two playoff games. First two playoff games of his career. And there's there's just nothing that can be done about it. 
There's nothing that can be done. The narrative has been written, it has been printed, and it has been given to the people. There will be no change. It is in ink, tattooed onto everybody, on his gravestone. Now, like I said last week, when he dies, on his gravestone will be, Detroit was the issue, not him. It has been sealed. There is no discussion. There is no debate. There is no argument. It is over. The last, the last of the warriors like me defending the city are gone. They're gone. There's no chance now. We have failed. We have failed to uphold our city and our city's football. What little football reputation we had left. Because at least there were doubters. At least there were people that said, hmm, maybe this, maybe Stafford was a problem. Maybe Stafford was a bit of the problem. Maybe it isn't all to blame on Detroit. Because the easy thing was to blame Detroit. If I was just a bystander from halfway across the country, right? If I was a just a random dude observing from Grand Forks, North Dakota, not from the area, I'd be like, Oh yeah, just Detroit. Detroit's a terrible football franchise. They ruined Stafford. It makes sense. What what other evidence is there to look at other than the the seventy years of misery and failure of the franchise? And I get it, and it makes sense. It's logically sound. But when you look at it, there was doubt. There was there was questions being asked about who was the issue or what was the issue. How much of it was each? How much blame did each share? How much of it was Stafford? How much of it was the actual franchise? There were questions like this being asked. And now those questions will no longer be asked because of what took place in that football game Sunday afternoon, which left me lying face down on the floor for like 10 minutes after the game. And then I realized Chiefs Bills was on. So I got up and turned on the game. And that was it. That was it. I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to have to live with it now. I'm going to have to live with the narrative and the story that has been written. And that's okay, because I'm willing to. I needed the price to be paid one time. I needed Brady to do one thing, and he came so close. He came so close. I never rooted that hard for Brady in my life. I was so close, but it just didn't happen. And that's okay, because not everything goes our way sometimes. And it's how we deal with it as humans that make us who we are. And what makes me who I am is when I don't get what I want, I lay down face first on the ground of my dorm room and I just chug water. I just, I, <laughs> water, I just, I just demolish a big plastic thing of water and I just lay there and I sit there in misery and I just lay sad and that's it. So I, that, man, it's tough. It really is tough. But Outside of that, yes, it was a great football game. It was great football theater and spectacle. I couldn't have asked anything more from any of the games this weekend. That one, the Bills game, the Titans game, the Packer game. I couldn't have asked any more out of any of it. I'm glad all the games were good. I'm glad none of them were blowouts, although one of them was shaping up to be. It looked real close to being a blowout, and it was a blowout for, for, three, for two and a half quarters. It was a blowout. Then everything just flipped. And and Brady Brady made the plays that Brady needed to make down the stretch. But in the end, Stafford had forty five seconds. And he used it. He took all of it. He did what Detroit had seen him do many times. And, and I and I like Stafford. This isn't me hating Stafford. I like what he I'm I'm fine. With Stafford succeeding, just not when it comes at the cost of draft capital for my team, and when it comes at writing a not entirely false but partially false narrative about the events that transpired with my franchise while Stafford was signed to the team. When it comes to that, I will not sacrifice. I will not make any sacrifices. I will not back down because I will defend. I will defend the reputation of my town. I have to. Because when lies get spread about something that's close to me, I don't like that. I have to speak out against it. And that's what I tried to do. That's what I tried to do with people around here that that that, that know. And right and like I said, you can't necessarily blame them for not knowing. Because they're not in tune with Detroit media, they they don't they don't follow the team, right? They play against Detroit twice a year. They win by twenty and they move on, and that's it. 
right? There's no there's no real conversation. Yeah, Stafford never won a playoff game in Detroit because Detroit was terrible, and Stafford's the Iceman, and he's clutch, and he's done all these great things, and he threw a ball with a broken shoulder, and he beat the Browns. It's like, oh my goodness, Stafford's such a great quarterback. How did he win nothing in Detroit? Oh yeah, because Detroit's a terrible franchise. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Case closed. No further evidence required. Well, actually, there was further evidence required, and unfortunately... You know, the evidence goes where the you follow the evidence, right? The evidence then went to L.A. And that evidence, that six foot three, 240 pound evidence went one a division, won two playoff games in his first season. That's it. Case closed. No more discussion. No more argument. It is over. So that's, you know, that's how that game went. And, and like I said. As soon as soon as he got the ball, I was thrilled when 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 Tampa Bay tied it. I was super excited, and I was like, "Oh man, Brady's got one last miracle left in him. He's used used all of it up on this one. If he wins this game, he's he's used up all of his magic." But then Stafford got the ball with forty five seconds left or forty two seconds, and I was like, "Oh boy, they're gonna win the game. They're gonna win the game." Tampa Bay's losing. I saw it. And I saw that I saw that look in his eye, and I was like, "Oh no, I've seen this before. I know exactly what's about to happen." Same, it's the same look that I got that he gave when they got the ball back against Atlanta, and then Todd Gurley scored the touchdown for Atlanta, and Detroit got the ball back down however many points they were down with. With I forget however much time it was 40, 30 seconds, however much time it was, they got the ball back, they went right down the field, and they scored against Atlanta to Hawkinson, and they won the game. It was week six, week six of Patricia's last year's Lions head coach. And I was like, oh boy, and I knew it was gonna happen, and and he made the plays that needed to be made. He made the throws. Wide receivers made the plays. The offensive line held up, and just Tampa was done. And Tampa had too many blown coverages that game, and it was one more. It was one more that ended the game, and they got they got Matt Gay in the field goal range, and that was it. Game over. So I also learned that Matt Stafford is just called Matt, and Matt Gay is called Matty to uh, make things less complicated in the locker room so that when someone yells out, hey, yo, Matt, there aren't two white dudes that turn around and look at whoever said Matt. So one's Matt and one's Matty. So that's a fun fact in case anybody was wondering. But – yeah, that game was a tough one for me. It really was a tough one for me to watch. It was fun for me to watch, but it, the way just the way it ended, it was tough. I just sat there. I just sat there in my in my in my chair, just looking. I I I just laid down on the ground. I got up and I was just frozen. Even watching the Bills Chiefs game, I was froze. So I never freeze. I froze. I froze. So then we get to Bills Chiefs and. Oh my gosh, what a great game. And you knew, like I said last week, I was like, this is going to be the best game of the weekend, no doubts, right? And it, which is crazy because the worst game of this weekend is probably still a top 10 playoff game all time, which is unreal, which I think pretty much ices this as one of the best, probably the best weekend in college football playoff history ever. So we get to Bills Chiefs, the marquee game, the game everybody was looking for. Everyone wanted to watch the other games, and it makes sense. They're all big games, all divisional rounds, football spectacle. It's amazing. But the game that, that was highlighted, right, the game that you thought had the most stakes, the game where the team that wins is most likely going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl or represent the NFL as Super Bowl champion, right, really. So when this game kept going, Mahomes and Allen kept dueling. I knew, I knew that this was going to be it. I knew this is going to be, this game was going to determine probably AFC champion. And I knew that this game is probably going to be the best game of the playoffs. Right. So I don't think, I don't think it's going to get any better than this game. And the way it ended that that's the big one because they were all dueling, you know, 170 passing yards for Mahomes or I think it was just 170 for just Mahomes under the two minute warning. Four lead changes in the last two minutes, whatever it was, and and they combined for seven hundred yards and nine touchdowns or whatever it was. Like that's unbelievable. How does that? How does it happen? Right? Like what? What causes this? 
what level of talent do you need to have to make something like this happen? And, and for one of those quarterbacks to not have a chance at the end, it's tough. It's, it's hard to deal with because I'm, I'm watching this game and I'm like, oh no, Josh Allen is not going to get a chance to win the game for his team. That leads to the discussion. What do I think about the NFL overtime rules? Are they good? Are they bad? Does there need to be change? Is it unfair that Josh Allen didn't get a chance? Is it unjust? Is it utterly wrong that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to come out onto the field in overtime? Despite everything that had happened, all the passing yards, all the touchdowns, all the lead changes, all the dramatic plays, did Josh Allen deserve a chance? Did he deserve a chance to get on the field in overtime and at least tie the game? Allow his team to try and march down the field and score seven points after Kansas City did the exact same thing to Buffalo because of a coin toss. My answer to that question is no. I don't think it's wrong that Josh Gant- Josh Allen didn't get a chance. I don't think it's unfair that Josh Allen didn't get a chance. I don't think it's wrong that Josh Allen didn't get a chance. Because there are decisions that are made in each game that lead a team to where they are, that lead a team to be in the situation that it is currently in. Okay? Is it unfortunate? Yes. Is it difficult to watch? Yes. Do you feel for him, his team, and the fan base, and the city? Yes. But was Josh Allen the one that called the kickoff to melt time, to not melt time off the clock? No. Was it Josh Allen that gave Kansas City the ball with 13 seconds left instead of 10 seconds left? No. Was it Josh Allen that was playing in the secondary and playing defense for Buffalo as Kansas City marched down the field multiple times? No. Was it Josh Allen calling the plays to set up the defenses? No. There are things that could have been changed around Josh Allen that could have allowed the team to win the football game. And none of it, none of it happened. So is it on Josh Allen? No, none of this is on Josh Allen. But I'm not going to sit here and say, the entire Bills team and organization deserve the chance to take the field and win the game because of one player's performance or a unit's performance or Gabe Davis's performance. I'm not going to say that because there are things that could have changed around Josh Allen, decisions that could have been made outside of Josh Allen's control that could have made this game not even go into overtime or could have allowed Buffalo to get the ball. Buffalo's job, Sean McDermott's job, the team's job in the after Josh Allen throws that touchdown pass with 13 seconds left, when Kansas City gets the ball to start overtime, the job is do not let Kansas City march down the field and score with 13 seconds left. Keep them out of field goal range at all costs. As soon as they get the ball in overtime, play prevent if you want. Force Kansas City to kick a field goal. Do not, you had, there was one job twice and they failed both times. And I can't, I can't sit here and say it is an un, undeniable wrong that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to step out on that field in overtime. It sucks, but that's sports. It's not always fair. It's not always right. It's not always just. There are things that people are going to disagree with. There's going to be controversy. There's going to be victory for one, defeat for the other. That's just how it works. That's how the game's played. That's how it's been played. Anyone that's ever played sports knows there's victory and there's defeat. And the decisions that you make in the heat of the moment determine whether or not you win or you lose. It's how you work together as a team, as a unit, not one individual player. So if one individual player has a massive game and plays like the star that he is, that's great. But what are you going to do around him to compliment him so that he can get the win that he deserves? This isn't on Josh Allen. This is on Buffalo. Josh Allen didn't fail Buffalo. 
Buffalo failed Josh Allen. That's just how it went. That's how the game went. You win and you lose as a team. Josh Allen is a winner, but his team lost the game. Josh Allen isn't advancing to the AFC Championship just because of the game he played. Mahomes is advancing to the AFC Championship because of the way he played, the way his team played, and when all cards were on the table, he got the job done. His team got the job done when it needed to be done, and Buffalo didn't. And that's just how the game works. And is it a tough pill to swallow? Yeah, of course it is. Is it terrible seeing Stefan Diggs standing on them, showing all the picture of Diggs standing out on the field after what happened last time? Yeah, and then seeing how this game ends. Yeah, it's awful. But that's how sports goes. There's victory and defeat. And I can't and I can't change that. I don't think anyone can change that. I don't think it should be changed. Is it tough that it's based on a coin flip? Yes. Is it tough that the rule is first team to score? If you score a touchdown on the opening drive, you win and the other team doesn't get a chance. Yes, it's tough. But when the coin flips and doesn't go in your direction, Buffalo has one job. Keep Kansas City out of the end zone at all costs. And that's it. No questions asked. They have one job. Do not let Kansas City into field goal range within 13 seconds. One job. They didn't do it. They had one job. Give Kansas City as little time as possible with the ball. They had one job. They didn't do it. They booted the ball right through the end zone. Instead of 10 seconds, it's 13 seconds. Instead of 11 seconds, it's 13 seconds. Instead of 9 seconds, it's 13 seconds. Squib kick the ball. Get it down to the 20. Kansas City, 9 seconds at the 25, the 30-yard line. That's it. That's your game. That is game over. You have won. You are going to the AFC Championship. And Josh Allen gets to be the hero. And he still is a hero. But he's a hero in defeat now. Not a victorious hero. It's when it's when the good guy it's when the good guy loses the big fight at the end against the bad guy. I don't know. It's like it's it's a tough analogy because Mahomes played a perfect game. Mahomes deserves it. The Chiefs deserve it. But it's it's just it's difficult because you know how much they both deserved it. And now and now it devalues what Cincinnati's done. And it's like, oh man, that it should be Bill's Chiefs in the AFC championship. And I said this last week and I knew it was gonna end up this way. There are going to be people that are going to come out and they're going to be like, yes, this game felt like the AFC Championship. This game should have been the AFC Championship. And, and, and I agree. And I knew that's how it was going to be. So I was prepared for the great game. I was prepared for the result. And I was prepared especially because it was Cincinnati versus Tennessee. I was, I was especially prepared for the uproar that would follow because one of these teams is not going to be in the AFC Championship and either Cincinnati or Tennessee will be. I knew it was going to happen. It's just difficult to see the way it manifested itself. So it was it a great game? Yes, it was. And I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing about the rules. And I'm and I'm really I'm not ashamed in saying that because there are there are choices that are made. There are plays that are made by individual players that win and lose the games. And Josh Allen had to play a perfect game and he did. But everyone else around him had to play perfect and they didn't. And that's on the team and that's on the coaching. And is it is it maybe a narrow-minded view. Maybe it is. But maybe if people could realize more and people could think with their minds instead of their hearts, and I know it's difficult. Maybe that just means that my heart and soul have been ripped out of me years after years of rooting for the Lions. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. But when people start rooting for their hearts instead of instead of their heads and their brains, that's where it gets convoluted. That's where it gets twisted. That's where you get people saying overtime needs to change. That's when you get professionals going on CBS and saying it's unjust that Josh Allen doesn't get a chance. And he starts smacking the table and Nate Burleson has to tell him to chill and then you go to commercial break. Things happen. And I get it. It's it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to to deal with. And there was I wanted Josh Allen there because I'm a fan of the story. I'm a fan of Josh, the narrative. I'm a narrative person. I love when sports and stories connect. But what happened, happened because Buffalo failed. Buffalo made mistakes. They made objective football mistakes. Oh, when there's 13 seconds left and you know Mahomes is going to throw the ball almost immediately after snapping it, why do you rush four when you know that Mahomes is going to throw the ball within a second of snapping the ball? Rush two. Rush nobody. 
Have Mahomes, have Mahomes run right up the middle like Dak Prescott did. Rush nobody. Drop everyone into coverage and let Mahomes run 10 yards right up the middle and let the clock keep running. Or, or let the clock have them call a timeout. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense what they did. There were mistakes. There were three mistakes that led to Buffalo's defeat. None of it on Josh Allen, which is the tough part. And that's the part where people have the issues. But there were three objectively wrong football mistakes that Buffalo made in that game that caused them to lose. Not dropping enough people into coverage when Kansas City was going to tie the game with the field goal. Not doing a squib kick or like a pooch kick to melt some time off the clock when they were kicking the ball off. And not stopping Kansas City when they got the ball first in overtime. Not forcing a field goal. All they have to do is force a field goal or get a stop. And they get Josh Allen the ball back. And then you can have Josh Allen win the game and be the hero. But the fact that Josh Allen didn't get a chance... It's not on the rules officials. It's not on the referees. It's not whoever created the rules. It's not on Gene Steratore rules analyst. That's on Buffalo. That's on the defense, and that's on the individual and team performance by Buffalo's defensive and special teams units. That's just how it works. This is, it's not one individual thing. You don't lose the game on one play or one coin flip. That's not how it works. It's coordinated series of events that cause a team to win and lose games. So that that's just that's what I think about the whole situation. And and can there be discussions on a rules change? Of course there can. There there I'm open to those discussions. I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's stupid if they change the rules. But I'm not gonna sit here and blame a coin flip on the loss. Yeah, is it tough that the rule that the rules go that way? Yeah, but the same thing would have happened if Buffalo gets the ball and they score and Kansas City doesn't get a chance because Mahomes and Allen each had, they deserve to get the ball equally. But if if Allen were to get the ball, it's up to Kansas City's defense to stop Allen and the Bills. And if they do, they get Mahomes the chance to win the game. It's a team effort. You can't look at one event or one one thing and where jo- if Josh Allen doesn't get the ball, you can't blame it on a coin flip. You can't blame it on a ref. You can't blame it on a rule. You have to blame that on Buffalo's defense not getting him the ball because that's just the way it works. Because if they get the stop, Allen gets the ball back, and they score, that's it. There's no discussion. doesn't matter about the coin toss. Nobody talks about the coin toss. If Kansas City starts with the ball, Buffalo gets the stop, and they get the ball back and score. Nobody talks about it. So it, it, the only reason that this coin toss is even being talked about is because the defense couldn't make the stop. They couldn't make the play. And that's on them. That's the way it works. It's, it's win or lose. You make decisions that win you games and lose you games. You don't just magically lose the game because of one coin flip. That's not how it works. That's not how any of it works. You don't, you don't become a complete failure in life based on one decision. You make a coordinated series of bad decisions that end up with you sleeping in a ditch. It's not one random mistake. You make yourself that way. Things happened. Multiple things happened that caused Buffalo to lose that game. And that coin flip wasn't one of them. But it's a great game. It's great football theater. Great football spectacle. And that's what we all expected it to be. That's what we all wanted it to be. This is what we wanted when we had Wild Card Weekend and when we had Divisional Weekend. We knew it was going to happen like this. Are we going to expect game-winning field goals every play or for every game? No, of course not. Why would we? That that's that's unbelievable. But when when people are mad about what happens in terms of the results of the football game and in terms of rules, you knew there was going to be some controversy this weekend. There always is. Let's just play off football. That's what makes it so great. And at this time, it just didn't work out. And and if it were to happen to the Lions, would I be mad? Of course, I'd be mad. But if my defense, if if my defense made three terrible decisions, or my special teams made one, and then my defense made two, yeah, yeah, there'd be a big problem. If my defensive coordinator sent four people on a pass rush where I knew the quarterback was going to release the ball within a second of getting it off the snap, I'd be furious. If I was a fan watching as my special teams coordinator calls a, just a straight kick in the back of the end zone to not melt any time off the clock with the best quarterback in football on the other end about to get the ball no matter how much time was left. I have a problem with that. I would not accept that. If my defense, all they had to do was get a stop or force a field goal, 
against the offense, no matter how good the quarterback is, no matter who's Tyree killed, Travis Kelsey, no matter who it is, McCole Hardman, if all they had to do was get a stop to at least give my team a chance to get the ball back and they can't get that stop, I hold them responsible, not whoever flipped the coin. That's how it works for me. That's how my mind looks at it. And if your mind doesn't look at it like that, that's fine. I get it. But I root with my head. When I when it comes like that, I root with my head and my brain. I can't root with my heart. Because it, it it's emotions, cloud, judgment. That's how that's how everything goes. If you start rooting with your heart, with your emotions, you come to conclusions like that. And I get it. And it's not necessarily wrong. It's just not how I look at things. And there's going to be discussions had about the overtime rules, and that's fine. And if they make a change, I won't necessarily disagree with it or say it's objectively wrong. But I'm not going to sit here and say that this coin flip or the overtime rules are the reason Buffalo lost. That's just not how I look at things. I'm willing to look deeper. I'm willing to look beyond the surface instead of just seeing what I, what my heart wants me to see, what my soul wants me to see, what my emotions want me to see. You have to look beyond that and say, why did Buffalo lose the game, right? Why did Michigan, here we go. How about this one? Why did Michigan lose to Michigan State? Was it the call that took seven points off the board for Michigan in the second quarter? Or was it allowing Kenneth Walker to rush for five or 200 yards and five touchdowns? What caused Michigan to lose that game? What caused Buffalo to lose that game? Was it a coin toss to start overtime that gave Kansas City the ball? Or was it the fact that Buffalo couldn't get a stop in overtime, that Buffalo allowed Kansas City to go 50 yards in 13 seconds of play? Was it not, or was it Buffalo not kicking a pooch kick or a squib kick to melt time off the clock? What lost the game for Buffalo? What lost the game for Michigan? It's the same thing. It's not one coordinated, it's not one individual event, random event. It's coordinated series of bad coaching and bad play that causes teams to lose games. And that's why Michigan lost to Michigan State this year, even though they had no business losing to Michigan State this year. And that's why Buffalo lost to Kansas City, despite the position that they were in that should have won them the game. That's it. That is it. At least for me. If it's not it for you, that's fine. Have the discussion. I get it. It's a tough discussion to have. But for me, you win and lose the game based on the events and the decisions that you make together as a team and how you work together, not by a coin toss. Who gave up 188 yards to Patrick Mahomes after the two-minute warning? 13-second drive. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. Who gave up 188 yards and two touchdowns in the final two minutes of regulation overtime? Who did that? Was it the coin flip? Was it the refs? No, it was you guys. That's just how it goes sometimes, and it's, it's unfortunate. But I can't I can't sit here and say it was all in the coin flip. It was all in overtime. That's a great weekend in sports. It's a great weekend in football. This is why this is why times like this are so great because you get to have these types of conversations. You get to you get to hear different opinions. You get to have conversations with people about it. I've I've talked multiple times with people about this, and it's and and they they think Josh Allen deserved the chance, and I think Josh Allen deserved the chance. Anyone would think that Josh Allen deserved the chance, but I'm not gonna say that. 100% yeah they need to change the rules of overtime even even despite what I put what I put in the opening of the show it's just I can't I'm not going to I'm not going to just sit here and say oh yeah overtime rules need to be changed immediately that's not how I work it's not really how I operate and so now now the Lions get to win the NFC North next season because Aaron Rodgers is gone Minnesota and Chicago are blowing up their franchises I win Despite what happened with Stafford, I win. I am okay now. Now that's even with Stafford winning, I am fine because the Lions will win the North next season. If the Lions win the North, people will say, you know what? At least each team benefited from the trade. Stafford got to go to LA, win the division, win a couple playoff games, and two in the next year, Detroit won the division, and they get to host a home playoff game. The Lions are winning the NFC North next season. Mark my words right here. I'm not a false hope type person. I'm not someone that jumps on the bandwagon after a win. But look at it. Who's furthest ahead in the rebuild? Chicago and Minnesota are destroying their franchises. And the only thing that stood in their way, stood in the Lions' way, was Green Bay and whether or not Rodgers comes back. And after losing in the divisional round at home against Jimmy Garoppolo, against a team that scored 13 points total, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. 
I and my team have won. We are winning the division next season. This is it. It starts now. This is when the division run starts for the Lions. And I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I'm not saying they're gonna be I'm not saying they're gonna go eleven and six. I'm saying they go nine and eight, they win the division. No questions asked. Minnesota always finds a weird way to win six or seven games, seven or eight games. And that's what I'm saying. Minnesota won't win more than eight games. Chicago will be lucky to win six or seven. And depending on what Aaron and if Green Bay's gone, Green Bay is the if Aaron if Aaron Rodgers is gone, he's the franchise. He is Green Bay. Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers. And if he's gone, Jordan Love won't win them. Jordan Love won't win them six games. Not when everyone's playing their starters against Green Bay. Not when Green Bay is the Super Bowl for people. Not when Green Bay is the team that everyone's out to hunt. Everyone's out to beat. It's not happening, guys. Jordan Love won't be the guy. Do they draft another quarterback? Potentially. When? This draft? You think you're going to quarterback out of this draft? A franchise one? Especially based on where Green Bay is picking? No way. No chance. So they're toast. Green Bay's toast if Rodgers is gone, even if even if Devontae stays, even if Adams is still there, right? Love, Love and Adams could form this connection, but it won't be enough because Rodgers is Green Bay, and there's no chance. There's no chance Green Bay wins the division without Aaron Rodgers. It's just who's going to take it. And what team is best poised? What team is in the best position to win nine games next season? It's the Lions. It's the Lions. As crazy as it is, it's the Lions. And it's... This is this is going to be an off season for the memory books. Really, this is going to be one of the highest anticipation off seasons for me that I can remember. Probably since, probably since the off season going into Jim Caldwell's last season, that was huge for me. But this one, this one just got a different feel to it. Not because I think they're going to be good, but because the rest of the division is going to be terrible. And oh man. They are ready. They are ready. Kneecaps are in full biting position. The NFC North kneecaps are wide open. They're, the rest of the NFC North is wearing booty shorts, and their kneecaps are wide open to be bitten. And Dan Campbell will be there ready waiting for the kneecaps to be bitten. He is ready to pounce. So this is a huge offseason now. And that that's what the divisional weekend set up. This is why I'm so locked in. This is why everyone's locked in. Because not only does this weekend affect what happens next weekend, but it affects what happens next season, what teams look like next season. That's why it's so great. That's why this is the best weekend in football. If it's wild card weekend, if you think wild card weekend is the best weekend in football, that's fine. People can have that debate. People can have that argument. But that's why this is the one of the best months of professional sports and college sports, all sports. Right Then we'll go through the same thing again in March. Oh, is March Madness better than the NFL playoffs? Oh, and then you'll get the people, ah, hockey playoffs, so much better. Yeah, cool. Not when most series are decided on who gets the best deflection on a point slap shot. My bad, sorry. It's not exactly what I would consider the greatest playoff spectacle of all time. I think it's great. Hockey playoffs are fine, and I'm going to offend a ton of people up there by up here by saying that. But, I don't know, it's just playoff, playoff football is something different. And, and it's when football's at its best, which means I have to be at my best. It means other people that want to do what I do are at their best. And that's the people that are already in the industry that I want to be in are at their best. That's how it works. That's how the game works. That's how the media works. That's how the lifestyle works. So this is, uh, you know, when are, when are financial advisors at their best? Probably tax season when everyone's filing their tax. When, is, when does Intuit Tax Relief have their, have their highest money acquiring, whatever. When is into a tax sales out there? I don't even know. Do you know what I'm saying, right? This is the time. This is when this is when football is at its best. This is when we need to be at our best. This is when I need to be at my best. So this is yeah, this is this is good stuff right here. I'm ready for championship weekend. I'm ready to see because this game for the championship games, LA has struggled against San Francisco all season. San Francisco has been LA's kryptonite. And this is going to be a measuring stick game. Measuring stick game for Cincinnati. How close are they really? Have they won two playoff games? Yes, but one was against the Raiders. The other one was against the Titans. Titans were most likely a faux number one seed that shouldn't have been there. And the Raiders were the Raiders. The Raiders had dealt with so much stuff, and they were just they were just super glad to be there. And and now 
really, how close is Cincinnati? This is like what happened with Michigan when they had to play Georgia. Yay, we beat Ohio State. Yay, we beat Iowa. But how close are we really? And they found out they were miles away. Now Cincinnati has a shot against the Super Bowl favorite to see how close they really are to winning a Super Bowl. They're one of the last four teams left. Cincinnati's in the Final Four, which is good for them. They deserve to be there. I need to be careful I say this because I don't think they're one of the four best teams in the league, or I don't think San Francisco is either. But if you win the games, you have a right to be where you are. Now, if you were to ask me, who are the four best teams? Cincinnati wouldn't be one of them. But they won the games, and they did what they needed to do to get there. And all they have is a chance. That's all they want. All they wanted was a chance, and now they have it. And now let's see what they do with it. Let's see Let's see how close they really are to getting to a Super Bowl, to winning a Super Bowl. They could be, they could be playing for a Super Bowl in, two, in three weeks. right? They could, we could be sitting here at this point a week from now and saying Cincinnati's in the Super Bowl next week. Or we could say Cincinnati just got blown out by 30 and they had no business being there and they're actually really far away. They need more pieces to compete with the juggernauts like Cincinnati or like with Kansas City. I kept getting Cincinnati and Kansas City messed up when I say it. It's so funny. I did this last like 20 times. And so, yeah, and there's Cincinnati and Kansas City. How far away really are they? Right? Or a team like Buffalo, right? If, if it's going to be Cincinnati against Buffalo next season in a division round, how close is Cincinnati really to winning that matchup, right? So it's, it's you know, it's crazy. Or maybe we'll find out, hey, the AFC was, maybe the NFC was more stacked than then it's Cincinnati against LA. And then LA wins the Super Bowl by 40 points, which would be nightmarish for me. But you just never know how it's going to go. And so this is a huge measuring stick game for Cincinnati. And I'm really, I'm really curious to see how it looks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it close because that's just who Joe Burrow is. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kansas City just housed them. Really, I, I really don't know how it's going to go. And this is why... This is why the, the football players are so good. There's so many stories that can be written, so many stories that can be told. And we get L.A. and San Francisco, and I'm, just, I'm excited for all of it. So that's it. That's it, really. That's all I've got. This was college hockey at the start because there were a few words I wanted to say, and then there was there was football, which needed to be talked about. And college basketball is college basketball. Is, it's, it's, in pre, it's in preheat right now. College basketball is preheating. Trust me, I'm – I'm a college basketball nut. I'm watching more college basketball than I honestly plan to be watching. And, like, I would just be like, oh, hey, when Michigan State comes on, I'll watch Michigan State. When Iowa State comes on, I'll watch Iowa State. If Michigan comes on and I have some free time, I'll watch Michigan just because I need to know. I, I don't like them, but I watch them because it's part of what I want to do. So that's just how the game works, right? But now I'm saying, like, oh, hey, look at this marquee matchup between Purdue and Indiana at Assembly Hall. Like, that's basketball theater. How do you not watch that? That is the that is prime college basketball, even if it was on a Thursday night or whatever it was, right? Like, it's just stuff. It's just stuff that you watch as a college basketball fan. It's stuff that you enjoy, right? So when I see North Carolina Duke pop up, I'm watching that game, right? If I see, like, I even wanted to watch a little bit of Kansas Kansas State. It's like that's a big time rivalry. K K and K State hate each other. K U and K State hate each other. And Kansas State was unranked, and it was it's fun just to see Kansas State's arena packed. I watched a couple minutes of that game. So when I see marquee college basketball matchups now, it's it's just hard for me to not watch because we're, we're getting into that phase. We're getting into that mode. So college basketball, big time, is just right around the corner. But, you know, for now, for now it's going to be football. I'm not going to break down the Big Ten basketball or Big 12 basketball standings you know, at the end of January, right? College basketball starts, when at least on this show, College basketball starts when football ends, and that's how it is, right? We'll get up to the Super Bowl. I'll probably I might do a little bit of it on Pro Bowl weekend because who cares about the Pro Bowl, honestly? So you know, maybe maybe that's when we'll get a we'll dip our toes a little bit. We'll start to get into some college football or college basketball, but but this is football time. This is football crunch time, and that's what it's going to be for the next couple of weeks up until up until the Pro Bowl, and then once the Super Bowl is over, yeah. Yeah, we'll roll into some college basketball big time. I love college basketball, and there's a lot I want to do with it. But but for now, it's football time. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep the football train rolling, and and that's it. So next week is gonna be something somewhat similar. I'm gonna do try and be a little bit different, right? Because like, this was different than what I did after wild card, and I want you know post AFC championship and post NFC championships look different than this. But it's gonna be a lot of what I did this week. It's gonna be. What did I think with the games? What is there to talk about? Because you know there's going to be stuff to talk about, and I'm just going to give my thoughts on most of it. And, and if there's stuff that 
I agree with, with what people are saying, I'm going to say that I agree. And if people are saying stuff that I disagree with, I'm going to say I disagree. That's just, that's how it works. That's the business I want to get into. So, so that's it. And oh, I think we're going to have a great weekend of football coming up next weekend. I hope it's, I hope it's as entertaining. I hope it's as close. I hope there aren't really any blowouts. I'd be surprised if there were, but you know, it's just football can be funny. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. That's how it works. That's how it's always worked. That's how it's going to continue to go to the future. And that's what, that's what keeps people excited. That's what keeps people roped in. So, so until next Wednesday, that's, that's it. That is all. Cause I'm recording this on a Monday. So this is fresh. This is fresh off the, fresh off the, the weekend off the football. So, you know, record on Monday, edit on Tuesday, release on Wednesday. So that's kind of, that's my schedule. So you get an actual like picture of what I'm doing and when. So I honestly, I don't really, I don't let it boil. I don't let the thoughts simmer kind of like I, I do a little bit, like I think on it and I write on it and I organize my thoughts, but this isn't me just like coming on right, right after on a Sunday and immediately framing my opinion. I think on this, I sleep on it. I, I write it out and then I record it and I talk about it and I edit it. And if there's stuff I don't like, I, I take it out or I fix it or I re-record. Like there's, it's not just me just coming out and giving my thoughts and bumbling about. This is actual what I think, what why I think it and trying to do my best to explain myself. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's why football is so great. You just, you love to see it. And we're going to get two more big games. We're going to see who's in the Super Bowl this time next week, Western Michigan. Are you serious? Lawson Arena, Goalhorn.